Blog Talk Radio. July 8th, 2016 edition of Don't Let It Go Unheard, and here we discuss news, politics, and culture from the perspective of Ayn Rand's philosophy, and I have no voice. Um, Ayn Rand's philosophy of objectivism uniquely upholds the right to the pursuit of your own happiness. Um, believe it or not, this is Amy Peacock with this voice, um, and I am your host today. I'm very happy that I have a guest a guest who has promised to be loquacious, as he says. Um, it is James Valiant. And James Valiant, he went to New York University, had a degree in philosophy. He uh, got a magna cum laude there. He got his Juris Doctorate at University of San Diego. He also was an instructor of law there. And he studied under the late constitutional theorist Bernie Segan. Um, also, for almost 18 years, and this is important for the, uh, the topic today, he was a deputy district attorney for San Diego County. Um, there he prosecuted elder rape, child molestation, and murder cases that were frequently featured in the media, and he also did appellate work before the California Supreme Court. He is the author of The Passion of Ayn Rand's Critics, highly recommended. You can find a link in the program notes for today's show at my blog at don'tletitgo.com. Um, and that book contains material from the private journals of Ayn Rand herself. So even if you're not into the dispute, those are interesting in their own right. Uh, he has a forthcoming book called Creating Christ, and that is the examination of the origins of the New Testament of the Christian Bible. Um, okay, so I squeaked that out. Uh, welcome, James, to the show. Hi, um, I'm so sorry about your laryngitis. Yeah, I will try to, um, try to, yeah, to, to help out as best I can. I, I um, appreciate you coming in uh, and saving me, not just voice-wise, but also uh, content-wise, because uh, today I want to talk about this whole issue of Hillary Clinton not being prosecuted for the improper handling of, you know, classified material on her private email server. And I right. noticed all of the wonderful things that you have been posting about this and particularly given your experience as a real attorney versus just an academic attorney like myself, I definitely wanted to uh, get, get some backup. So I, I appreciate it, James. And uh, those of you who are listening, I have 
reviewed literally thousands and thousands of criminal investigations from actual police officers. I have done thousands of preliminary hearings in felony cases. Uh, I've done over 100 criminal jury trials, um, nearly all of them very successful with full guilt. Um, and so, yeah, I am well aware of law enforcement policies, and I have a lot of colleagues who are those, quote, reasonable prosecutors that FBI Director Comey uh, said none of whom would file charges. Well, the exact opposite is true. The complete consensus, I mean the uniform consensus among all of the colleagues, my former colleagues who, I'm so who I've sounded out on this matter, is precisely mm -hmm. the opposite. They all believe that there was evidence of knowing intent on Clinton's part that any rookie cop uh, should have caught and that FBI Director Comey clearly ignored um, one of the disturbing things, it really was a, a, not an investigation, a serious investigation at all, we now see in retrospect, after his testimony, you know, uh, before, before the House committee there, uh, Representative Gowdy, I think a lot of people saw on TV the, the about the one-minute uh, takedown <laughs> of, of Mrs. Clinton that he did. It was perfectly effective, right to the point. Yeah. Um, he simply, uh, he simply ignored the most basic evidence of knowing intent that law enforcement uses. Um, as has been pointed out many times in the media, um, in a criminal case, we have to prove some kind of mental state as well as the deed of the defendant. And to do right. so is necessarily a matter of circumstantial evidence. We look to, obviously, the behavior uh, to, see, to see what the intent was. That's clear evidence of intent. But also, particularly to the statements of a defendant. Now, for, for, those, for those people, and, and a number of listeners to my show were at Ocon in what some people in the chat room, Redmond MTV is there saying the Ocon bubble, you know, they were kind of in their own little isolated bubble of benevolence ah. this week, right? So right. they might not know all this. So so if you go to my blog at don'tletitgo.com, I tried to piece together, you know, kind of the biggest pieces of the puzzle that people need to understand this. And the first is the statement by Comey where he says that he is going to recommend no prosecution due to lack of intent, right? That's what the statement says? He essentially rewrote the law. Uh, the law does not impose a specific intent requirement, quite the opposite. He said that she was extremely careless, that she was quite negligent, that she, you know, he used words like that over and over, different, different right. formulations of that. And it was never quite clear that why he was imposing the specific intent. Now, he gave a number of justifications that, that might sound to the amateur ear uh, plausible. Uh, we'd never had a precedent like this, a case like this before. But there is sure. always a first case. And we're right. talking about a Secretary of State who is in a very unique position. I mean, a lot of people have an opportunity to commit a shoplift. Very people have regular access to the highest uh, most classified uh, uh, level of information that our na uh, national security information that our government possesses. She did. She was in a rather unique position. Moreover, technology has recently changed. This simply was a case of first impression. This is the first time anyone had done something like this to violate that law. And that was one of his main reasons for not prosecuting her, which seems sort of upside down. In other words, as a prosecutor, when I would receive cases from the local cops or from the FBI, it, it's, if, if the, it was always our decision to charge, for example. It, it, they would make, make recommendations privately, of course. Right. In this case, Comey went 
before the public and gave his recommendation saying yeah, no problem. That, and, problem. and that's a, that's another thing we could talk about, right? Why right. he felt he had uh, to go right. before that's the public. Right, completely unprofessional, to... unprecedented. President Obama himself has been saying things about the, the case. Uh, just to back up, to, to give some background perhaps, right. in a criminal case and in a criminal investigation, it may or may not be the case that the person will be charged, and it may or may not be the case that the person being investigated is actually guilty. So criminal investigations are done in private. And it is against the law, actually, to name names of uh, when it's merely the police doing, uh, you know, uh, um, an investigation. Oftentimes, naming those names would prejudice the investigation. And if it turns right. out the charges aren't filed, we'll have ended up defaming a person. Um, so uh, uh, most of the time, uh, the cops will be on the aggressive side, recommending charges, and more often than not, when prosecutors uh, don't go with the law enforcement officer's charge, it's because they're not filing charges, and the, pro and the uh, police agency, like the FBI, wanted us to file charges. This was a bizarre and unprecedented case. If uh, 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 the, the, uh, the, the thing that, w that he did wrong that was so terrible was that uh, – Theoretically, he said, I had no coordination with the attorney general whose decision it was whether to file right. charges. I'm going to make a statement saying they shouldn't beforehand. Well, unless he knew that that was her position, he would never have made that statement. He, he would never have prejudiced her case in that way, potentially. For if she had decided to file charges, then he would be on record saying the person's not guilty. And that would prejudice the government's case. Uh, Let's say it's the other way around. Let's say that. Uh, right, right, right. But she, she had publicly announced. Sorry. Oh my God, I'm squeaking. Um, she had publicly announced that she was going to defer to him because of her improper meeting with Bill Clinton, right? Right. <laughs> it's sort of a circle they created for each other. It had right. To so this, this is man. this is he why he has to go public, right? He has, he has to go public because it was revealed that she had this improper meeting with Right, he was the one with Clinton. credibility, in other words, to make the statement. If he had gone by normal channels and let the prosecutor make the statement, we're not filing charges, and then say, and oh, by the way, the FBI also said we shouldn't file charges, that would have been more proper. But instead, because she had had that meeting on the tarmac with Mr. Clinton, she lacked all credibility on the point. Mr. Obama has made statements on, you know, it was just negligence. But believe me, I'm, I haven't looked at the investigation either, which seems sort of contradictory. No, all of it was clearly coordinated. Obama's early statements about this, that it was, quote, just negligent, echo what Comey said. When Comey says that there was no coordination, that's simply not believable. He would not have potentially prejudiced the prosecutor's case by making a statement beforehand unless that was the agreement, unless that had been worked out, unless he knew what Lynch's position was beforehand. So his statement is simply incredible. Um, uh, no, no cop in their right mind would do that. And the, the other dramatically unprofessional thing is that he simply ignored the basic evidence that any law enforcement officer has of intent. As, as I was saying earlier, uh, when a defendant, uh, a, def a full confession is a rare thing. Yes, I committed right. a crime and I had the intent to do so. Well, we rarely get that. And frankly, sometimes they're false. There are crazy people and there are people who try to take the fall for other people. Uh, really, the best evidence of a knowing violation of law is a deception, a lying statement, 
about the case, made right. by the suspect. And um, is, isn't that what Trey Gowdy was getting at in the uh, the YouTube clip? You Precisely. you had it posted. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, Gowdy I, mean, I really goes recommend on. people go to the Trey Gowdy clip because he really gets right to the throat of the matter quickly. He has you less know, than a minute, and he gets right yeah, to the well, heart of the matter. Well, in the, any the, case, the, um, in the smallest the, the criminal, any cop, the, the, rookie cop, knows right. that if a defendant is lying, and in any context, it doesn't matter whether they're lying to the police, lying to the public, lying to their neighbors, those lies are some of the most powerful evidence we have that the suspect knew that they were breaking the law at the time. I would simply ask the rhetorical question, what other possible reason could there be for Mrs. Clinton to have lied when she said that none of this was classified, that none of it had been marked classified? Right, right. And he, and he talks about the fact that she made what you call false exculpatory statements, right? And right. then also also that the actions show show a common scheme or plan to conceal, right? Exactly. The underlying behavior itself. I mean, why did she have all these different private servers in the first place but to mm -hmm. conceal? Why did she not turn over? All of the do why was it years after her leaving office? It's a violation of the Freedom of Information Act, of course, to conceal public records. She's supposed to turn over all her records. Now, it's, of course, that's not a felony offense that could put her in prison, but it is evidence again of her intent in the uh, uh, underlying case here. And for right. some reason, the FBI director said, I, I didn't consider her public statements. I didn't consider her, her testimony before Congress on the matter. Now, there is no rookie cop who would ignore a suspect statement to the local press. If a, you know, if a local uh, theft suspect, car theft suspect, told a police reporter a lie about the subject, the cops and the prosecutors would be on that in a heartbeat. The fact that Comey systematically ignored what Mrs. Clinton was telling the public over and over and over again, none of it was classified, none of it was marked classified, period. Right. End of report. That's that. I had one server, I had one server merely for convenience. All of those were lies. What it, the, the best evidence that it was a knowing violation of the law is, one, that so, some of these emails, at least three of them, and again, he said we, did, we couldn't recover all of her business emails. She destroyed them. So right. for all we know, there were many more. But at least three had been marked with, with the classification marking that Mrs. Clinton herself admits she knows was the classification marking. So in other right. words, there can be only one reason why uh, she would, A, uh, 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 tell us that it didn't happen, and B, why, in fact, that evidence would be ignored, because it's actually the best evidence we have that she was knowingly violating the law. Right. She, of so course, then, so, we're so adding a whole element in here as well, which is, right. uh, which is another bizarre feature. He rewrote the law to make it specific intent. Right. She had and that's an what I was ask you next, right? You know, to find yeah. out was, what was classified. And he, he, Comey further admitted that any reasonable person, much of the material was such that any reasonable person would have known it was classified information. And she's mm -hmm. the Secretary of State. Uh, it yeah, it so wasn't she, an investigation by she, Comey, it was a cover-up by Comey. A systematic yeah, government cover-up of the party in power's presumptive political nominee. It's that right. corrupt. Now, she's, she's not the average person, right? So let's, right. let's back up. Let's back up to the issue that intent, there is intent there, you know, based on, you know, what you've said. And moreover, um, intent is not required. Am I right? right. Am, I, am I right that the 
uh, the applicable well, code section is the very reason why Congress wrote the statute in the way it did is because it wanted to put an affirmative duty on high-ranking officials to find out what the classification level is, even if there is no marking. So in other words, uh, the law is written in such a way and if you, if you go back even to the – I did it a while back. When I, last year I, I began looking into this, and I, I looked a while back. The, 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 re, the very reason, the legislative intent behind writing the law without that specific intent was to impose upon high-ranking officials the affirmative duty to go and find out whether or not the material they're transmitting is classified or not. Uh, Mrs. Clinton, she says nothing was marked classified, and Comey says there has to be a specific intent. Well, that that now lets off the hook. All these, again, what he's done to the future of national security is is bad in itself. In the future, apparently now, high-ranking officials don't have an affirmative obligation to find out whether the material they're transmitting. Uh, right? He's creating precedent. Right, um, right. Although this was both technologically and under the law a case of first impression, there's no reason not to file charges. In fact, because she's in such a high position of trust, she, she should be held to a higher standard. He used in every single case the exact reverse logic that an, any ordinary law enforcement officer would use when investigating any ordinary case. Um, <laughs> Yeah, now, a double standard um, was applied. That was the, obvious. Um, but it's deeper the, than that. Um, so, James, the, the subsection that they need to go to is subsection F, right? Right. Right. Sorry. Right. I'm, I'm it makes it quite so clear that it's, yeah. that it's a matter of gross negligence and not a matter of intent. Hmm. Someone who has that information and who transmits it without taking the appropriate care is guilty and guilty of a felony. <laughs> um, right, right. Now, you know, they um, talk about uh, the cases where, you know, low-ranking Army officers have had their security clearances taken, they've been suspended from their jobs, in some cases fired, and in some cases prosecuted. Now, of course, the right. FBI director says, well, gee, it was only the misdemeanor section they were prosecuted on for the, for the negligent handling of a single piece, mind you, of classified information. But men so, have gone to jail on misdemeanor right. charges for the mishandling, the ne purely negligent mishandling of a single piece of information. What Mrs. Hick Clinton did, <laughs> by Mr. Comey's own admission, was mishandle thousands and thousands of such messages, right. many of which had the highest level of classification, m many of which he said any reasonable person would know were classified, and three of which actually had the classification markings on them. Those very classification markings in themselves, each one of them, is proof that Mrs. Clinton was engaged in a knowing violation of law, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, on the uh, the Morning Joe clip, which we can get to later, um, yeah. for, towards the end of it, they mention a case of a, um, a naval officer who was prosecuted, right? Right. Right. For the, for the negligent mishandling of a single piece of secure information he was prosecuted. Mm -hmm. Now, true, it was a misdemeanor charge, but they didn't even file the misdemeanor against Mrs. Clinton. <laughs> that was a no-brainer misdemeanor. Not to right. mention mm -hmm. the perjury <laughs> charges. Well, okay, okay. There's evidence, much less evidence of perjury. Right, right. There's so there's, there's, um, there's two questions, right? Now that Comey has done this, um, does that mean that 
any charge under this statute is dead, or is there another any charge, way that? But he substantially increased the standard, didn't he? And without right. he changed the law. In effect, uh, once more, the Obama administration unilaterally changed the law without any input from Congress. Yeah. Right. But I also I also mean for Hillary. So they're they're not yeah. going to get Hillary on that charge now. Right. 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 And they okay. are going to stand on their head, even though the perjury charge is another no brainer. Right. She well, that's, that's under the question. What, what about what about perjury? Is that is that still a possibility? As you pointed out on Facebook, it's kind of a disappointing, you know, sad second choice, isn't it? Um, right. We should have gotten, you know, it's like getting Al Capone on tax evasion, right? Or right. Something. Uh, but it's it's a sad second chance. It's like getting O.J. Simpson. I guess that was Dennis Miller yesterday. Right. <laughs> we won't get her until she knocks down a Vegas hotel room door to get her own bobbleheads back or something. Ridiculous. No, in, uh, reading some of uh, the Democrats, she wouldn't even be prosecuted if she did what O.J. Simpson did. Uh, they, they, she could be literally. I mean, what did Trump say? My followers would still be with me if I shot someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue. That I, uh, after reading the defenses of Mrs. Clinton, there are Democrats who feel the same way about Mrs. Clinton. There's no doubt in my mind. They refuse to consider what is obvious to any rookie cop, as I say. The, out, the outrageous lie that all of my colleagues are disturbed at is Comey's assertion that no reasonable prosecutor would bring charges. Comey right. knows right. that's a lie, just a factual uh. lie. He knows that there are thousands of prosecutors who could ethically and willingly prosecute this case, and reasonably so. That's just an outright lie. He knows that there are reasonable prosecutors with a very different opinion. In fact, as I say, the unanimous opinion of all of my former colleagues, and I mean colleagues of both parties, is that she should have had charges filed against her, and that this sets a dangerous precedent for high-ranking officials in the future, apparently right. making mm-hmm. it only a negligent statute, apparently removing the affirmative duty to find out classification markings and so forth. Uh, Comey unilaterally changed the standards uh, by which the, the law had actually been written and the intent, when you go back to the legislative intent of the law, why those why it was written the way it was written. Um, now, um, what about accountability for Comey himself? He can and should be impeached, but will the Republicans even try? No. For der- that's a clear example of corrupt dereliction of duty. There, it's clear circumstantial evidence of his corruption, in my view. Come on. The statements that the Obama administration made before prejudicing the case, the statement he made before the prosecutor had made the decision uh, because her own credibility had been shot. No, all of it was improper. Stinks to high heaven. No, the, it, we didn't really learn that Mrs. Clinton was corrupt, did we? we we've known that. Honest people have known for years that Mrs. Right. Clinton was a, a, among the more dishonest politicians. That she was a reliable liar <laughs> mm-hmm. among politicians. Uh, or she had very low cred when we came into it. What, we, what I think what a lot of even leftists woke up to the other day was that Obama is corrupt. See, uh, we, you and I have known Obama has been, is corrupt for much longer, but I think a right. lot of leftists, uh, I know leftist friends of mine, well, leftist acquaintances, let's put it that way, of mine, who today or yesterday woke up to a new reality about Mr. Obama and Mr. Comey that the, the more honest ones have had to admit, uh, and I've gotten some of them to admit. Um, right. uh, and, uh, mm-hmm. But that's really perhaps... As I say, the really disturbing thing here is the slippery slope that America's been on for some time 
with respect to the um, openness of its political corruption. You know, um, we had political corruption throughout American history. I mean, from Tammany Hall, right, to Chicago today, there's right. political corruption at the state and local level that's in our history been pretty rancid. But like, as I say, they used to hide it in smoke-filled rooms. They feared, you know, public reform movements. They feared when a newspaper, local newspaper would go after them. Today, it's just the opposite. The newspapers are covering up for the, gov for the po government in power. They're not doing their job. Mm. And they're no. saying that the other guys who are monitoring, uh, like, you know, the, the conservative media, are simply partisan and biased. And uh, right. so now, and it's become more and more this, brazen. In, um, James, James, some, something on that, which is, um, would you say that this is a significant um, like milestone in the death of, uh, excuse me, my voice, oh, my God. In, uh, I think a, it's a, a milestone. I, I think that a it's milestone, simply yeah, for, part for, of a For the death trend. of the rule of law, the death of the rule I, I of think law. It, I think we have to look at it two ways. Yeah, it is something of a milestone, but it is just one more milestone in a long trend. Um, the, the general attack on the objectivity of law. Right. <laughs> Obviously, mm -hmm. this is a case where Comey's, you know, the, the, the reason why Comey in part is getting away with this crass violation of COP 101 basics that I've pointed out is because of the subjectivity that has been imposed and assumed now to be part of and built into our law. And the less objective our laws themselves become, the less objective our laws are treated and considered, you know, the more, quote, flexibility <laughs> and discretion there is that's built into it, the less and less real rule of law we have, the more and more right. arbitrary it becomes. Right, um, and it's, 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 more, it's more a government of men and corrupt women, <laughs> yeah. and right, and exactly. and not law. Not rule of law, exactly right. The destruction of the rule of law is the Obama administration has been <laughs> amazing. <laughs> for, you know, they they're, they boasted we hey we have a constitutional lawyer as a president now. Well, for a constitutional lawyer, he's been one of the great systematic destroyers of that constitution in just about everything he's done. He's acted improperly uh, in law enforcement cases such as Mrs. Clinton's um, and we can see it, uh, uh, I think he's, he has played a role frankly in the, uh, uh, the violence we're seeing on the streets of American cities recently. Um, right. yeah. the, Obama came into that... office itching for a racial, I mean his own words, I'm itching for a fight, right? Those were his mm -hmm. exact words as he came into office, and you could hear it when he made when he shot off about that the uh, the, the the black professor in his first year in office. He shot off his mouth that the cop had quote acted stupidly before Obama even knew the facts of the case. We know that the moment he came in, he was aware that as quote the first black president end quote part of his legacy had to be you know, uh, uh, fixing the racial problem in America. And so to do that, you, you, you might even have to create that racial problem if it didn't directly exist. I don't deny that racism still exists. And I certainly don't deny that excessive force still exists and exists even among our cops in America. Yes. But the presumption, the presumption that he brought in that racism must be involved and indeed, the, the presumption that the whole Black Lives Matter makes is that black lives matter less to cops institutionally. 
uh, is a lie, is a falsehood. Now, um, um, and well, of course, that doesn't excuse the violence. Um, um, You know, I'm not one. one, But there are different scenarios. If I were to tell you, for take case one, I tell you as your neighbor that our other neighbor has molested your kid. You get angry and act as a vigilante. Let's say you even illegally go over there and just shoot him in the head without knowing the truth. Maybe he's innocent or not. You just took my word for it. You would be guilty of the murder, of course. But certainly my lie to you that he had molested your child, that falsehood that motivated your evil act, your criminal act, would itself have some moral culpability, would it not? Um, Now, on the other hand, the left is quick to blame uh, cartoonists who draw Muhammad for the violence uh, of Muslims. Now, of course, there is no no rational relationship between a statement or the drawing of a cartoon and violence. There is no justification. Uh, In the first case, you could almost understand the parent getting angry and overreacting. Um, but it wasn't irrational overreaction. They should be prosecuted. And the person who told them the lie was morally culpable in telling them the lie. Today, the lie that's being told to the black community is that uh, this violence is obviously, presumptively, uh, racially motivated. In the cases of police violence that we've seen, I have been dubious about the police behavior in, in a few of them. In most of them, it looks like the police acted justifiably. But the one thing that has been distinctly missing in all of them is any evidence that it was racially motivated excessive force on the part of the police. Um, Um, For example, the Baltimore case, the heavies are black cops themselves. Um, In the Chicago case where they suppressed the video, it's Rahm Emanuel, the mayor, who was guilty of that, and he got the first black elected, the first black man elected president. So it's hard to say that it's institutional racism or racism that is really on the rise, or that there is a growing problem of crop cop racism. There really is no evidence of that. In fact, recent dec- in the past, my God, of course, cops in the South particularly brutalized for no reason, murdered private groups like the KKK lynched and murdered people for the color of their skin. Yeah. And boy, cops harassed people in the past for all kinds of irrational reasons. But the trend in recent decades has been a decline of irrational uh, and unjustified police violence, Um, not an increase in it. And there certainly um, is no evidence of racism in it. Last night, the the sniper um... who shot the white cops, there we have an example of evidence of racist violence. He yeah. said he was out to shoot white cops. Um, the excessive force, even the disturbing excessive force in, in Minnesota that we've seen in the uh, a recent, uh, uh, last week, in the recent case that was uh, featured on the internet of the, the shooting uh, that looked so disturbing, that could well be a case. I, as I say, no one should prejudge these cases until all of the facts come in. But presumptively, okay, let's say that that cop acted with excessive force. Is there any evidence that Officer Yanez, who belonged to a Latino police organization, acted out of racism? Right, right. Whites are victims of excessive force by white cops. Uh, We need, uh, you know, in the Zimmerman case, look, look at the way the Obama administration swept in to see, to see if, if Zimmerman, who was not a cop and didn't even work for the government, acted out of racism. They couldn't find that even in the jerk Zimmerman's case. 
he was clearly not guilty on the face of it. No, you, they've been trying. The Obama administration has been intentionally trying to chin up um, racial tension, and they have succeeded. They have succeeded by telling that lie, and they are morally culpable in telling that, in assuming that. For example, Loretta Lynch today, in her statement about the police shooting, she had to include, she had to associate the excessive force that is, is being accused in the cops in the Louisiana and Minnesota cases with that shooting. Why? Why did the attorney general herself put those, put those two, all those cases together in the same package? That exactly. is the big lie. Now, that um, James, is the big James, lie that's being told I, um, by the Obama administration. James, that James, is the lie that is morally James, culpable in police violence. If, if you were telling someone that black kids are being killed systematically by the police and that there is no legal uh, uh, solution, that we, no peaceful legal solution we have to this, you'd be justified in being angry if you were a, a member of the black community. It just happens not to be the factual case. Uh, but the, the people who are telling that lie do bear some moral responsibility because telling a lie like that, that the police are killing you because you are black, is the mm -hmm. sort of lie that would motivate violence. Right, um, right. And, and, um, and James, this is the sort of thing that um, Ben Shapiro was writing about over at the Daily, at the Daily Wire. I've got a link at the blog. Um, is Barack good. Obama responsible for this anti-cop terror attack that happened in Dallas, right? Um, well, I that's say a the guy question. who shot is the guy who's criminally responsible for the shooting. I would not give Obama – Obama could not – Obama should have foreseen that something like that could have happened. Obama spoke irresponsibly by associating racism with, these, with this excessive force, mm -hmm. uh, in the past at least. Um, Loretta Lynch spoke irresponsibly by associating cases of police excessive force with the racist shooting of the white cops in Dallas uh, yesterday. Okay, it's that kind of thing that makes them at least partially morally culpable. Uh, right. Not fully, obviously. They're no, not the shooters. No. They, did, they didn't. Maybe they didn't even want the shooting to happen. But they should have realized that that was a rash. You remember when Bill Clinton blamed talk radio for the Oklahoma City bombing? Oh God, yeah. On <laughs> earth did Rush Limbaugh say that justified? Did Rush Limbaugh suggest blowing up government buildings? Did Rush no. Limbaugh ever suggest violence? I mean, Rush Limbaugh says a lot of idiotic things, but Rush Limbaugh did not justify or rationally um, would his words uh, have uh, – should one rationally anticipate or expect that his words would have resulted in such violence. On the other no, hand, no. as I say, some things that people say, some lies, uh, you know, you might, re might reasonably expect someone to react violently to it. And this is exactly that sort of lie. That the right. cops are yeah. somehow, that there's somehow racist mm -hmm. violence is on the rise among American cops. There is no yeah, evidence no. of that. So, In fact, um, James, the police chief in Dallas last night was black. The police chief right, in Baltimore right. is black. Yes. It, it is, it, it is, that we have counter evidence that these things are racist. Yes, um, yes. Now, uh, James, And James, yet, the black community James, as a whole is being James, told just the opposite. Hey, James. Um, yeah. We have a caller on hold. Would you okay. be willing to try to talk with this caller? Um, I sure. obviously can't. I can't be heard very well, but we'll see how the give and, give and take between you and the caller go. 
Sorry. One sec. I understand. It's okay. okay. Go ahead, caller. Hi you're, hi, you're on the air. Hi. Thank you for taking my call, Amy. I hear you loud and clear. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of sad today. Sounds beautiful as always. Don't worry. Sounds beautiful <laughs> as always. Don't worry. Um, so did you have a question for James? Yeah, I do. Um, just, uh, um, you know, I, I don't always get to be on the air, so I just want to make sure what the rules are. Um, do callers get plenty of time to debate the guests, or is it just like a one-question, two-question thing and then hang up? I, I am a dictator, and, um, I mean, you can go ahead and ask your question and then let him answer, and if you're doing that politely, I will let it go on. All right, great. <laughs> okay, so um, just a little background here. I don't chain myself to any political party. I don't really care about either party. I may sympathize more with the left than I do the right, but in general, I don't chain myself to any party. And I actually thought Dr. Ron Paul was the most consistent conservative out there. Um, I'm listening to your guests here, and I don't want to make any assumptions. I just want to ask them right off the bat. If you don't mind me asking guests, are you a registered Republican? Yes, I am a registered Republican, but I'm an opponent of Donald Trump. I will not be voting for Donald Trump. I can tell you that right now. Okay, fair enough. There's two things I don't get. Listening to – I've only been tuning in for a few minutes. Listening to some of the points you made, I don't say everything you say is not valid. You make valid, logical, reasonable points that make sense. What I don't get is if you are a conservative – and this is something I don't get about many conservatives. I am not a conservative. Things. I just happen right now to be registered Republican. I do not identify. I am a liberal. I, I, you, you would not identify me as a liberal. I am what used to be called a liberal. But, oh, I got you. Okay. So, but in today's terms, you are what is known as a conservative. Um, no. no. Nor a libertarian. No. Neither would and, be and actually, oh, actually, actually you, if, well, if you want to hear the full mouthful, and I, and I think James would agree, I'm going to try to squeak it out here. Um, <laughs> we are laissez-faire capitalists who believe that government's essential function is the protection of individual rights. So we are not anarchists, mm-hmm. but we are less mm-hmm. capitalists. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Okay. It's actually, libertarians even better. With my point is, I have noticed over the years with two particularly annoying things with me when it comes to Republicans. One, the hypocrisy and contradictions. Many of the points that you and many other libertarians, if you will, bring out, there's a hypocrisy and contradiction that you have these libertarian values which I don't question. There's nothing wrong with having necessarily anything wrong with having libertarian conservative values. And then you are part of a political party that is not conservative or libertarian hardly as much as they used to be. The other yeah. thing that I don't get um, No, you know, um, many, sir. Boy, I agree with you there. Um, but but reg- registration is often just for voting purposes. Yeah, right? believe me, that's yeah, just but, a convenience you know, this yeah, year. Yeah, I have well, voted Democrat in the past. No, but then at the end of the day, if you are a true libertarian and you are telling the, the he's, audience, he's not about a libertarian. How, he's not a libertarian either. No. We are not libertarians. We are objectivists. Libertarians, okay. for example, don't give a whit about national security. Listen to Gary Johnson. Well, I, I don't know if that's true. Hillary endangered lives overseas. He re- Gary yeah. Johnson does not seem to care whether or not Hillary Clinton actually endangered human lives, gathering intelligence 
for the United yeah, but States. You're, but you're saying, you're, you're saying these things, like when you say libertarians don't care about national security, you're saying an opinion as if it's a fact. That's not a fact, that's an opinion. You understand Well, that. okay, how about, how about well, many, on their many libertarians, many libertarians. The CIA and the FBI, they think every single military intervention abroad is wrong. They think many of them are literal anarchists. So, no, sir. Well, I don't, I, I don't, I don't mind debating that part, but I... Detail. I don't mind debating that part, but I know if Buddy, my time is limited, Robert, sir. I, I, I don't mind debating those parts, but I know if my time is limited, I don't want to get bogged down to a separate issue. Gotta, I want to go on this. We can get yeah, this but, going. But, um, I agree but, with you well, that, they, that the Republicans have grown ever more less principled uh, okay. and less consistent. I have grown but, but me, less and less sanguine about the Republican but, Party as the years have gone by. But, I believe the but, Christian right to be a greater well, long-term threat than the progressive left. How does that okay. grab you? So fair enough. That, that's actually – I'm glad you told me that. That does make me uh, lower my eyebrow. It was a little raised a little higher. But, uh, there what you I go. Want to finish this, uh, Rather than not making this, partisan assumptions, why don't we talk fact? I, no, but I, I said I didn't want to make an assumption. I wanted to ask you if you were part of a party. You said you were, and I was trying to ask you my questions. Yeah, right? but why, why don't question. you – excuse me, sir. Why don't you stick – to what James actually said here and ask him a question about what he said here. I think that will be more productive. Well, like you said, you're the dictator on this, so if I have to do yes. that, well, I want yes, to just, I, I didn't get to ask <laughs> I didn't get to ask my original questions, which I called in. I want to start things off the bat with. Uh, can I at least finish the question at least? And then if you don't want to do it, we'll go into that direction. If, if it's on topic, sure. Okay. Well, it, it is related. The, the points I wanted to start off with was one – if you have the values that you do, why be a part of a GOP party that doesn't have those values? No, this is, this is not relevant, is, sir. I'm going to be hanging up now. I am exercising my uh, discretion as dictator. Um, even though I have no voice and I want some give and take on this show, I did that. Um, okay, so James, that that was a total evasion of Clinton's criminality, Obama's corruption. Rather than address that, it was an attack on the person discussing the matter and his right. biases, his alleged biases. He made some assumptions about me, but I would note that that's one of the irritating things I find about the left. Um, they will attack the person. It's one of the irritating things I found about Trump. Rather than attack ideas, he attacks people, and he attacks right. them in rather nasty ways. Yes. Uh, the, the, Trump is much more like a leftist in that way. He demonizes his opponent fundamentally and avoids substantive issues. Well, and that's that's either you you know they kind of trade off between ad hominem, you know, where you use a characteristic of the person like they belong to a party, and they use that instead of an argument about the idea. Um, right. Or some, right. sometimes it's. Sometimes I am disgusted argument. at the Republican Party right now. I have never right. been so disgusted at the Republican yes. Party right and now. That, Being a, a registered Republican right now is a matter of local convenience. I live in a state, California, which is desperately and manically progressive. Um, mm -hmm. uh, being a registered member of the GOP is a statement of protest against them as best as I can make it. Um, uh, really, really, that's it. That's it. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the the GOP has me disgusted, sir. I am not. I'm not right. looking at this through partisan eyes. Yeah, uh, and believe then, me, and I'm, the I'm other, not saying vote for Trump. Thing, um, I would never say that. Um, the other thing. But um, notice the other how thing the that, attack was against the person, uh, right, and not a substantive right. one about the issue, either Obama's right. revealed corruption or continued evidence of Mrs. Clinton's corruption. Yeah, right. and, and then, this um, does then, represent. 
a milestone. This is the first time that a major political party has nominated a woman. Yeah, it's also the first time a major political no uh, party has nominated someone who more than half of the American people believe to be both a criminal and a liar. Right, right. If she gets True. elected. Now, okay, let's let's go back then a little bit because we're talking about Hillary again. I wanted to juxtapose the two statements about this whole Hillary email non-indictment. And one is Ted Cruz and the other is Gary Johnson, right? Um, right. So I assume from what we've been talking about, uh, A, that you probably like Ted Cruz like I do. Um, I preferred Ted Cruz, and I'm very sad that he's out of it now. Yeah. And then I, his, his statement. You, I'm not saying you, is, he was Is there perfect. anything you don't agree with in his statement? Oh, Ted Cruz. <laughs> well, you know what I'm really sort of sad about is that so many of the right seem to have been sucked into the not just negligent narrative. Um, and, uh, 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 you know, boy, we need further investigation. Um, I've actually noticed a little muting of, on Ted Cruz's part. Boy, when he left boy, he, he hammered Trump. And since then, he's been muting, and I think they've been courting each other. And mm. excuse me, I, I would visit the toilet to throw up if, mm. you know, they've worked out some deal, which it looks like they have. It's the smartest thing Trump could do, of course. He, he could really use those voters. Uh, but, uh, but it's rather disgusting. On, uh, this is another disappointment of, 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 on, uh, on my part of, against Cruz that he would make a deal with Trump at this point. I yeah, think. he's gonna he's gonna go speak at the convention is the last that I heard, but he posted something on his Facebook page that you know, and that means he probably agrees with it, that says that he has not made any deals, there's been no endorsement, but that he's gonna go speak there. I don't know exactly what that means. Mm -hmm. huh. How would mm -hmm. he get Mission to speak at the convention there. How would that work out? There was really no discussion with anyone, anyone who right. talked to someone with Trump. Again, excuse me for being dubious about such things, yeah. but uh, yeah. you know, they would the Republican Party allow someone to speak who would be critical of Trump? Um, I, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe because then they want to placate those What's of us who happen? are. Critical what is of this, Trump. What, is, what, are you, what are we, a week, 10 days away from the GOP convention? What's going to happen? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Is there going to be an attempt know. to take it from Trump? Is there going to be an attempt? Uh, you know, the, the outrage that Republicans have on, against uh, Trump is real. And the disgust that many Democrats have against Mrs. Clinton, frankly, is quite real. Um, People think that Trump will drive Democrat turnout and that Clinton will drive Republican turnout. It could be just the opposite. They could be so disgusted before it's all over by both of them that it be that it, it turns out to be very very low turnout. Um, right. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the what, what we're facing is two candidates with extremely high negatives. Neither of them seem to be able to break 50 percent. Both are mired in the low 40s or mid 40s, and which is you know they're, they're given bases. And uh, both have negatives over 50%. So uh, this is a very, very ugly, ugly campaign. But the Democrats chose to ignore um, what was obviously a felon, 
uh, and chose a felon on purpose. That is a sort of a, a, a turning point in American history. We've never had someone who was so clearly and objectively a felon get the nomination of a major party at the time. They may have actually yeah. committed all kinds of felonies, but at least they were hidden felonies. They were secret. Uh, Today, they're yeah. overt. They're stated. They're open. We know about it. She, according to the best, the best spin we have on Mrs. Clinton, she mishandled national security information hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, and she wants to be the commander-in-chief. Yeah, which is, which is insanely ridiculous. Um, yeah. Now, let me ask you then, because, you know, we are being critical of Hillary here, very critical. What about Gary Johnson on Hillary? He basically, his first statement was a total whitewash of Hillary Clinton. He said he threw no stones. Those were his exact words. I do. See, that further indicates libertarian attitudes about national security in general. It would not have mattered to him had Hillary Clinton endangered human lives overseas. It's a national security matter. We shouldn't be involved overseas as far as any libertarian is concerned, even where we have good reason to be, even when there's a desperate need to be. You know, I do agree that many military interventions overseas are wrong on the part of America. America should not be going around helping the world, making the world a, a safe for democracy or some, any such misguided notions as nation building. That is all wrong, wrongheaded. Uh, superficially, I would agree with Trump. We should have a foreign policy of national self-interest. We should only use force when force is threatened against Americans and American interests. And uh, <laughs> and our enemy, our primary enemy, Mr. Bush should have realized was Iran, not Iraq at all. That the yeah, ideological foes we really face are in Saudi Arabia and in Tehran. Not uh, not primarily Saddam Hussein, no matter how evil a dictator he was. But notice that the left speaks with a complete forked tongue. When a, when, when a dictator gets taken out by, by Bush, it's totally evil, even though he committed mass murder against his own people. When Mrs. Clinton and Mr. Obama take out Gaddafi, even though Mr. Gaddafi had started to clean up his act and start helping us against other terrorists, even under those circumstances, Mrs. Clinton said, take out Gaddafi. We have an Arab Spring. Oh, look how that worked out. No, no. altruism no. in foreign policy is always a disaster, whether it's done by a Republican like George Bush in Iraq, or done by Democrats in Vietnam, or done by Democrats in Libya. Look at the disasters that international foreign altruism on America's part has caused. Uh, we should never use force <laughs> for the altruistic benefit of other people. First of no. all, they, they, they may not even be prepared for it. They may not want it. They, they half the time never appreciate it, and it can often be counterproductive. So uh, Democrats will speak with just the same forked tongue when they justify the, the overthrow of, of, a, of that tin pot dictator, but attack the, uh, the Republican overthrow of another tin pot dictator when neither was actually in our national interest. Right, right. And and I agree with you. And the person who had really, really good foreign policy in this race was, of course, Cruz. So, By far you know, the best. Yeah. So if, you know, but I was going to say about Gary Johnson, right? Clearly, he is not saying what we would want to say about Hillary. And he's doing what is typical of a lot of libertarians and tolerating things that shouldn't be tolerated, right? Um, right. Like an anarchist, but, he doesn't no, really yeah, mind so, violations of exactly, the law. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Too many laws, brief, no, and in particular, James, we shouldn't have foreign James, intervention. James, James, 
So I was going to bring up a point because I just came back from Ocon, right? The objective is conference. I heard it was a great Ocon from several people. It was really good. And on Cargate gave a really good discussion about libertarianism and in particular a misapplication of this idea, a misapplication of the idea of sanctioning the sanctioners. So, you know, two points. First of all, the libertarian label is so vague that it's practically meaningless, right? So there there are some some people who call themselves libertarians who uh, are, are basically fine. like us, which is crazy. Yes, yes, yes. But then and others those, that are no, but bad listen, and, right? so, and and Gary Johnson, he's not basically like us per se, but you know he's he's decent and he's and he's certainly so much better than oh. the other two candidates, right? The problem I, with, I do have to agree. He's he is many he, in many. Although I have fundamental disagreements with him, he is mm-hmm. better in many ways than both of the main candidates. Yes. And he, and he seems I like still, a decent... If I was to vote a third party, though, I would have to have more of a fundamental principled agreement with it. Um, I would have to say that if I'm going to make a statement, a pure statement, and not go for someone who's actually going to obviously win, not actually mm-hmm. influence the race, the outcome of the race, by voting for one of the people that actually might win, uh, if I was to throw my vote away on a symbol like that, that symbol had better be a principled symbol. And that means substantial principled agreement. And unfortunately, I can't say that about libertarians any more than I could say that about communists or Green Party members. Right. Now, is there potentially a chance that Gary Johnson could win? Um, no, maybe, not a chance in think- hell. He could get a really high percentage. I do predict the libertarians will get the highest percentage that they have ever gotten before. Such is the disgust out there. Uh, you know, politically, people might actually be more in alignment with, with one of the major candidates, but they might just vote for Gary Johnson because they're so disgusted at the at the candidates themselves. Right, right. Now, wouldn't the, indicate the point, the, a greater the, um, appreciation the, um, of liberty on the part of Americans, though, unfortunately. Right. Now, the, the point that I wanted to bring in um, in about dealing with libertarians, right? And some people have said, okay, you know, Gary Johnson has made this horribly tolerationist comment about Hillary, right? Um, And so therefore, write him off completely, right? Now, you, James, may decide, you know, you might decide you're not going to vote for for Gary Johnson. But But I sure could understand why people would. I would not morally judge. You know, this is an interesting election. I normally have had a clear-cut answer, vote for this guy, vote for that guy, because this guy will be the greater danger. This guy poses the greater threat. And you can see it objectively. I'm really having a hard time this time, greater than any election of my political – I frankly admit a greater difficulty in this election than at any time in my political life deciding what to do. It will have an outcome. Who wins, the, um, Hillary or Trump? I and I honestly do not know at this point which would be worse. And in a state of such ignorance, I may not vote for president at all. And maybe yes, exactly, what I have to exactly. do because of sheer um, ignorance. Even no, though I'm not a libertarian, a lot of libertarians right. make the argument that voting doesn't matter. Liberta- that Democrats and Republicans are identical. Our vote doesn't count anyway, et cetera, et cetera. That's all a load of garbage. Uh, votes matter. Voices matter even more because votes matter. And it, the difference between de- the Democrat and the Republican, sometimes one way, sometimes the other, does make a very real difference in the long and short term. And both have to be taken into account. And while I'm fully aware that what I'm doing will have an impact to elect 
the eventual winner one way or another, another argument that's made that is absolutely wrong, by not voting or voting in a principled, symbolic way, you are still having an, an impact on the outcome that you have a personal responsibility for. Yeah, I, I no. certainly believe that. But in this election, I am really in a state of near political paralysis about who to vote for, at least for president. Okay, so what I wanted to to say about this whole thing of Hillary was that there are some people who take that one statement and say, okay, now Gary Johnson is not worth voting for. And it might That's be. That's not good enough. Yeah, no. it might be that that statement in connection with all these other things about yeah. him is, right. is enough to right, but right. there's it's there's his this general issue. attitude right, toward right. national security that this indicates that is far more of a concern to me right. letting right. Hillary herself off the hook. Yes, right. I'm disturbed that he doesn't see the problem to the rule of law. But again, like many uh, anarchist leaning libertarians, he really doesn't care about law. He doesn't appreciate the government. Like it, you think, that's you, the you, basic you fundamental think, problem with libertarians. Wait, wait. So, so you you think that Gary Johnson is anarchist leaning? I think well in foreign policy. Listen to him. I mean, if you really, if you gave a uh, two okay. wits but, for but national I mean, security I don't, I don't and the think, lives I don't, of our spies I don't abroad, think... you would be intensely concerned with Mrs. Clinton's obvious crimes, obviously yeah. knowing crimes, which indirectly, and we may not know for years whether or not she's killed spies abroad because of her reckless conduct and intentional conduct. And he right. doesn't. It's his cavalier <laughs> attitude about that among all other national security issues, which gravely, gravely concerns me. I tend to be motivated principally by domestic policy. I think that is really the driver. But oftentimes, in the case of uh, libertarians, it gives you a general attitude about – it reveals their general attitude about government in a, in a very, very disturbing way. Um, do I agree that we can cut and slash government almost indiscriminately with a machete in just about any direction with a lot of libertarians in terms of the budget? Yeah. Do we have yeah. more laws? Yeah. Do we have an oppressive government? Absolutely. But we need a government. We need national security. Mrs. Clinton spreading national security information out, obviously uh, exposing it to, to being hacked by just about anyone, less secure than the ordinary Gmail account. We learned from the attorney, uh, from the FBI director during, in his testimony, uh, that is a matter of grave concern. It is a matter of grave concern that we have a politician who, who herself puts her own political interests above national security, which is also being revealed by this. Uh, but as I say, we knew she was a crook uh, for. We've right. known she was a crook for quite some time. What we now, what the left, many on the left now know, is that Obama is a crook too. It's taken right. this long, now, believe it or not. But now, but now um, he is, for all time, his legacy is associated with Clinton corruption. Right. Now, this leads into one of the points I want to make, which is um, the mainstream media is now freely pointing out that Clinton lied and that it's just not believable that she, you know, her case didn't satisfy the, um, the requisite elements for a prosecution, right? Um, right. And... If, if this is out there on the mainstream media, one point that I was um, I was making was that um, the mainstream media has created this so-called low information voter, right? And Absolutely. now the the mainstream media is presumably wanting to have some influence, right? Um, maybe yeah. against against Clinton, perhaps, right? 
but are they going to be able to, right? If they've, if can, can they take what they've created this low information Clinton fan and turn that person into somebody who would actually be critical of Clinton or maybe not even vote for Clinton? I think that it will depress. So we may not get people to vote for Trump, <laughs> but it, it may depress people from turning out at the polls at all. People may just have other things to do that day. Mm-hmm. A lot don't, of you think that, don't you think that there are some people, though, that it's like nothing can sway them from being a Hillary supporter? True. And Our even Trump if the mainstream the media is no they longer supporting them. They neither seem to be making 50%, and both of them have negatives over 50%. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, Maybe we've had more than one, even in our lifetime, elections where presidents have been elected with less than 50% of the popular vote. They usually involve cases where there's a, a at least a noticeable third candidate, like when Clinton beat uh, Bush the Elder. Uh, Clinton mm-hmm. got less than 50% of the vote in both of his presidential elections. The majority voted for someone else, but he got elected president. Um, and we might have that same situation here again, where at least collectively third parties. Uh, keep either candidate from getting above fifty percent. So, okay, I'm going to try to make I'm going to try to squeak out my two objectivist objectivist points, and one would be um, the fact, going back to Gary Johnson, the fact that Gary Johnson tolerated Hillary doesn't necessarily mean that you won't tolerate or deal with Gary Johnson to a certain extent. You have to. Look at I think it I've totality. indicated that I, I, I would have a hard time morally judging someone voting for either Hillary Clinton or the Libertarian. Yeah, right. Isn't that right. interesting? Hillary yeah. Clinton is obviously a criminal, and I can't vote for her. No, I can't me vote neither. for Trump either. That's the way I just hey, feel. No, me neither. Me neither. I can't vote for either one. And um, I don't think I'm alone. And even though Americans may not agree with me all the way, I may, I may be myself full of radical ideas. I fully appreciate that. But I think a whole lot of Americans just intuitively agree that neither of these characters deserves, should be, or would be good for America. No. Um, this is Clinton's case. Uh, more, more paralyzing than even this crime that she committed is the fact that she would carve into stone all of the evil deeds of Obama. Obama's executive orders, Obamacare, Obama's disgusting deal with Iran, uh, vile deal with Iran, all of Obama's corruptions, all of Obama's evil deeds would be forever carved into stone, and she would nominate the replacement for for Antonin Scalia on the Supreme Court. Yeah, it would be all those horrible things would happen. And now we have to weigh that against voting against a potential Benito Mussolini. Now, I'm not saying that he will be Mussolini, but I'm saying I have no grounds to think that he won't be. Exactly. He sounds the hell of a lot like Benito Mussolini. He's a nationalist. He's sympathetic with socialism. He thinks socialized medicine overseas works just fine. He's a mercantilist who wants, wants at least to threaten a trade war with China. He has, you know, he's a cronyist himself who, who admits freely he's bought politicians in the past. Uh, How on earth, and he's uh, born again on every right-wing idea that he's espoused so recently. Mm. He was buddy-buddies with uh, the Clintons and and, and Obama. He endorsed Obama. He's never Mm. voted in a GOP primary, and now he's the GOP candidate. So so if anyone can tell me with any certainty that he won't be Benito Mussolini, I want to hear their argument. You know, exactly. And, I mean, the way I look at it, you've got Hillary Clinton – 
who I would say is a consistent socialist type candidate, right? Um, right. She's, and, and unfortunately, she's worse than her husband, Bill. The best right. thing she has going for her, in my mind, is her association with the moderate Bill Clinton, who worked with <laughs> Republicans, who, who signed the Welfare Reform Act, who said, quote, the era of big government is over. <laughs> uh, once upon a time, Mr. Clinton was mm, a pliable and reasonable president. Uh, uh, he was corrupt, sure, but uh, mm -hmm. he, he actually did uh, – he was one of the better, more moderate Republican presidents of the last hundred years was Bill Clinton. Uh. Um, right. uh, 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 in terms of federal spending and uh, the oppression of government regulation and so forth, it actually – the gridlock between the Republicans and himself was actually good for the country, the, 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 the fact that the government was paralyzed at the top level and even shut down at some times, although not right. really. Uh, 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 but nonetheless, she's worse than her husband. She isn't, Bill. That's the problem. Um, she seems to be more ideological. She seems yes. to be more willing to, to fight. Remember, the health care idea was hers even under her yes. husband's administration. Oh. She had to sort of you know, coil back from it and re withdraw it when it, the people reje themselves rejected it. Um, so uh, she, does Phil she Graham. want socialized medicine? Phil, you Phil, bet. Phil Graham. Do you, you want to carve remember? Obama's achievements into stone? You bet. Do you remember uh, with Hillary Care, Phil Graham on the floor of the Senate? Yeah, I do. That was beautiful. I do. How do you? Amazing. How do you bring that memory back to me? It was what 1993 or something. I don't know, but it, it was, <laughs> and yet you're 94, and yet you're able to summon that memory back. Well done. It was yes. masterful. It was masterful. It always it stuck masterful. in my mind. Yeah. Um, because you know she, in her typical way, dumps Hillary Care this huge sheaf of paper uh, with no page numbers on all of these, you know, uh, aides, you know, these uh, congressional aides and senatorial aides, and they have no time, you know, they have to go through this, and then they have to get on the floor of the Senate and talk about it, and the, I think the issue was, you know, taxes and penalties and, you know, potential jail terms for doctors. And it was the actual are, congressional debate. As you point yeah. out, it was sharp members of the Senate who were able to make the public aware that this is not what they want. And so right. people reacted. And in the first midterm election, Clinton lost the Congress to the Republicans rather decisively, and Newt Gingrich became Speaker of the House. Um, and then he because, disappointed us all. <laughs> and then, of course, they rather disappointed us, yeah. yeah. So that uh, – but your basic point is, is absolutely correct. Um, uh, 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 Mrs. Clinton, unfortunately, though, is not Mr. Clinton. I don't think she's no. um, a no. triangulator, a moderate – someone willing to work with, um, you know, um, um, uh, Dick Morris, <laughs> someone who yeah. could kind of deal with Newt Gingrich. No, yeah, so I, I, would, I would say, you know, you've got she's her, like, and, and she's, she's an ideological socialist who's yeah. super corrupt and bad in right, addition, all of right? And then, right? And then you've got, you've got Trump, right? You've got Trump, and And then you've got Trump. Trump no, but so so Trump is like he's pragmatic. He he doesn't have principles, but and his basically lead, no ideology, his, whatever. His, he is yeah, basically his, uninformed on the issue of political theory right. as such. He is right. uninformed on political political and military and foreign policy matters. He says right. that shoots from the hip statements that yes. he pretends he didn't make later that were obviously insane to make. Sometimes he says things that are absolutely interesting and then has to take them back and say, yeah. no, no, don't take them back. You were actually on yeah. the right track, Mr. Trump. <laughs> but then other right. times. He'll say something that is absolutely mad. It's then he'll like, say, no, um, I never said that. 
Right. What I really said his, was, I was I was going to say his leanings are you know he you know he takes it back he's inconsistent he doesn't have any principles, but in terms of his knee jerk default, it sounds very totalitarian, very yes. very authoritarian cronious. at least if not totalitarian. Very, yeah. Authoritarian strong leadership, and he wants government to have the answer to it. He thinks that government is the answer, that when government works, it works to fix problems. You know, it's the very opposite of Reagan's old adage, right? The scariest words in the English language are, I'm I'm from the government and I'm here to help. (laughs) Trump does not think that. He thinks the opposite. He thinks government should work and work for everybody. So that's, yeah. Exactly. And then, so then I see Gary Johnson, right? And Gary Johnson is also not principled. We know that. But Mm -hmm. his knee jerk is more benevolent, honest, and freedom loving. I would say his knee jerk is more freedom loving at least. And at least he's, he may be confused, but I think he is more honest than they are. He's less corrupt Mm -hmm. on the surface of it than they are. Trump boasts about how he bought politicians. And while Mrs. Clinton doesn't boast about her corruption, it's obvious to everyone now who's objective. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, only the most partisanly twisted minds still think that Mrs. Clinton is, you know, innocent of this, um, as the polls show, in fact. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, a clear majority of the American people think she's guilty and lying about it. So, um, um, yeah, it, we were facing a rather disgusting choice, a horrifying choice, in fact, this time. Both major candidates pose potentially severe threats to both national well-being in the near term and long term, and both of them seem to have authoritarian leanings, at least. Yeah, exactly. And so that's why you might still vote for Gary Johnson, even though he has so many weaknesses, right? Still considering Um, it. Let me put it that way. Like I say, Um, I'm I'm pretty much paralyzed. I, I have that had that much contempt for the libertarians as a party that even now even now I'm I, uh, although I have to admit that it has taken Mrs. Clinton and Mr. Trump to get their party's nominations to get me to even consider voting libertarian yeah right and and now that's what it's I, taken I, I draw a distinction between voting for any candidate of any party versus registering and joining that party, right? I mean, yes. you might register if it's necessary to vote in For example, a primary. in some states, you have to be part of the primary uh, right. the party to in the party's primary. In other places, yeah. they have what's and, called and in, and, in, and in that case, I wouldn't take, for example, you registering as a Republican to mean anything because right. you just want to vote in the primary, right? Um, as I say, I don't, think, it, I don't it, think the Libertarian the Party GOP registration has far more to do with the fact that I'm in California and mm-hmm. I want to make as harsh an anti-Democrat statement as possible because the right. Democrats are ruining this state right now. Yeah. Um, it but could then be also, just the opposite. I mean, believe me. <laughs> right. But, I'm so disgusted know, with the GOP these days, I can easily imagine myself feeling exactly the same way about a Republican governor of California, or if the Republicans seem to be the controlling both the the uh, legislature and the executive in, in the state. Right. Now, if I vote for a, um, you know, a libertarian candidate, it is not a 
sanction a sanction of the party itself. It no, that may just, not be a sanction at all. I, I, no. I'd need to know more about your own thinking behind it. And in this case, I, I'm not prepared to morally judge anyone, you know, just about on any moral vote, because I don't know what to do. I right. honestly don't know what to do, so I'm not prepared at this point to come out swinging about, you, boy, you better vote for this person or this person's going to get elected. I, I'm just simply not prepared to do that. Um, yeah. And that's the first time in my entire political life I've felt that way. Um, I mean, I mean, in a way, in a way, we're going back to the issue of intent, right? Because yeah. you'd say, okay, who is this person voting for, and why? And then, even if you disagree with both for whom they're voting, and even if you disagree with why they're voting for that person, it doesn't mean that you cannot be friendly and civil with that person. But I have I seen hope, it. Kat, I hope you should so. be. You should be civil. I always try to be civil with the person. Oh I mean, no, no, no! We of course, try of course. For I, I was discussion and persuasion. No, I'm just, yeah. I'm just, um, I'm talking about out there on social media in general. Right. Things have gotten gotten so heated. There's been so mm. many unfriendings. You know, all of this stuff, right? Oof, oof, oof! I have friends that are. I admit that are voting for Hillary, and I have friends, I admit, that are voting for Trump. Both mm-hmm. sides have been desperately trying to talk me into their position. My dearest friend in the world, my absolutely dearest friend in the world, says he he's appreciates that Trump is lo- loaded with potential problems, but he says we really don't know, do we? He's willing to much more willing to take the chance on the possibility that Trump is way more benevolent than he actually sounds and is saying what he's saying in order to get elected than I could possibly be. But, and then I have friends on the other hand who say, well, isn't Hillary, the, even though, admit, and, and walking in the door, the person better tell me that they know that she committed a crime and lied about it, and be that objective, then right. nonetheless say, I still regard Trump as the greater danger. Okay, right. I'm willing to hear that case too. Right. I'm paralyzed right now myself. I'm open to an argument. I really am in that sense, uh, um, it, but it's, I think, a lack of knowledge. I can't predict that Trump won't be as bad as it sounds he might be, and that possibility may be the single scariest one at the moment. So, right. uh, uh, Although I know with certainty that electing Mrs. Clinton will be destructive of the rule of law, you know, returning to your point, uh, the general theme of today and the mm-hmm. sad destruction of the rule of law, we have seen a pattern from this administration that unites all these cases that we've talked about. We've mm-hmm. seen, on the one hand, their rush to judgment when it comes to cops being racists. Yeah. And then we've seen, just this in the same week, mind you, their absolute total cover-up of Mrs. Clinton's obvious, intentional, knowing felony. And mm-hmm. uh, to anyone with, you know, an objective uh, uh, head and a pair of eyes and ears on their head, uh, Mrs. Clinton is guilty of a crime. And uh, she's the, a major party's nomination, uh, a crime in office that might have endangered human lives. So Now, um, you know, what do you think is the purpose? Uh, is there any agenda behind the mainstream media actually – telling the truth on this right because they could they could have just settled on the um the headline right you know uh, comey says not guilty and then left it at that but they seem to be actually trying to expose clinton um do they think they can get i have noticed 
they're better that they've suddenly grown a little better about covering the Clinton story. But notice how they have until this moment they've been cover, they've been running cover for her too. Uh, right. Bernie Sanders was running cover for her. I mean, you know, the Bernie people say, "Oh, we're pissed off too that Mrs. Clinton didn't get, uh, 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 you know, that she got the nomination." But look, if your candidate had once mentioned the email scandal, you might have a leg to stand on, folks. No, the Democrats, as a party now, don't really seem to care about legal corruption, and that is a profoundly right. disturbing. But then, like those those media. Um, outlets that are actually being honest about it. What do you think their angle is? They think is? that I mean, Trump is so much worse that it won't matter. They well, think right, Mrs. Clinton but, still has the electoral college advantage, honestly. Oh, okay, okay. So they think they can be honest and that Hillary Clinton will still win. Yep. Okay, so it's not like there's lost, people... The, CNN it, hasn't lost its obvious left-leaning bias. No, no. Okay. MSNBC well, was, hasn't I left their thinking, obviously socialist-leaning thought, bias either. Right, right. No. But I was I was thinking that they thought that they could get Sanders in some That's sort of a it. coup or whatever. Now, if, well, the point is that what if this – look at how the reaction has been. The American people – I don't think they quite expect – I thought – I think that in their minds they thought they were be, would be able to get away with it better than they did when Comey spoke. Mm-hmm. I thought they I think they believed that Comey would Comey's reputation because you know, they'd been building up his independence and integrity and boy Republicans have worked with him and boy Republicans admire him and boy when he says it that'll be the final word and uh, they were all mm-hmm. along preparing for the no it's just negligence you could hear it in Obama's statements months ago um, mm-hmm. and they were that was obviously the the fix was already in at that point that mm. without an intent they weren't going to file charges even though that wasn't the law and even though there was evidence of intent <laughs> we will just simply ignore her public statements we will simply ignore the classification markings we will simply ignore her positive affirmative duty to find out the classification status of the information all that will be made irrelevant uh, uh, and that the fix was in from that moment uh, but they believe I think that Trump is so awful that Trump's negatives are so high, and his negatives are still higher than Mrs. Clinton's, although I don't think that will be determinative. Uh, but, his Trump, but his negatives are still higher, and that does say something, I think, for the American people, that both of them have such high negatives. The yeah. best, the most sanguine feeling I've gotten this year, and it's been a very sad year, politically speaking, for mm-hmm. me, obviously, is the reaction, the, the highly negative reaction the American well, people have to both of the main okay. candidates. But also, also James, um, I did take you know some solace. I can't even squeak this out. Um, oh, I took some solace <laughs> in the fact that your poor Ted, thing. Well, you know it it doesn't hurt. Okay, that's the consolation. That's good. My my throat is not sore, but I just well, can't squeak out my voice. Um, so Cruz exists. He is much better than all the other politicians. Still a lot of problems, right? There's a lot of problems well, with despite Cruz. despite his problems, I'd still be happy, delighted. I'm going to write, maybe I'll write in Cruz. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe. No, really, write really, Cruz, right? I don't know. So, so, so he exists. And then the other thing to take solace in is that he did fairly well. I mean, he did yes, much he did. better. The best he of did the much others. better than some people had predicted he would, right? Indeed. He did better than yeah. the others against Trump. Which is why and the I problem did, was my, my, my there were little so video many damn people coast, running. Right? Trump yeah. took advantage of that. Most Republicans themselves voted for someone else, but there were so many people running that they all divided the vote up so into such small fragments yeah. that Trump was comparatively the biggest. 
Yes. What they should have done long ago, if they were serious about being anti-Trump, has worked worked the deal out so that there would have been far fewer GOP candidates this time. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was um, a disaster this time around. Can we? Yeah. It was this. That's the sad thing. Because of Obama's disastrous administration, this election was the GOP's to lose, um, and. Um, uh, you know, the GOP, as usual, have grown less principled, so it's mattered less. And two, they've screwed up so badly with nominating Trump uh, that, um, my God, uh, I, I am really in despair for the in near term of our country. Yes. Right. No, definitely. Um, can we shift focus a little bit? Because I just wanted to pick up one case that we didn't really talk about. Um, sure. Are, are you familiar with the Philando Castile shooting in uh, Minnesota. A little bit, but as I say, none of us have all of the facts. And okay. it is irresponsible to rush to judgments, especially r- judgments of racism on the cops' part, until we have such evidence. I won't now, stop the Obama administration from associating, you know, the two. Yeah. But Oh, yeah. Now, what about – okay, so – the the other last article that I've got in the program notes over at the at the blog, again go to don'tletitgo.com. I hope everybody heard that. <laughs> I squeaked don't let it go. Um, yeah, don't don't let it go.com for program notes. Um, it, the last article was from Reason Magazine, and they were talking about that it would be important for the NRA to speak out about. This case. Now, you would say it's premature to indeed. speak out. Okay. Indeed. But, indeed. But could, it is could, premature to speak out in any fashion about those two police shootings. Right. In one no, but case. But what about, what about, very, what about, like, if, if they in know. In one case, I will grant you, at least, looks very, very disturbing to me in terms of the. Uh, um, I'm willing to. Um, I think that we need a serious investigation of the excessive force, which there is a clear prima facie case for here. Um, but again, we need the full context, and so far I don't see any evidence of race involved. Right, right. And so excessive force really, is not the really, same thing as racism. Yeah. Right. Um, and I, and I think, <laughs> that seems I to think, be the um, assumption that's built in uh, on the mm-hmm. left. Any police no, no, force no. is necessarily racism, even if the cops were blacks themselves, even if the police chief of the neighborhood is a black, even if most of right. the cops in the neighborhood are black. Right. The police have systematically gone out of their way to match the ethnic uh, background of the neighborhood with the officers in that neighborhood. Uh, uh, every major city that I'm aware of has that kind of policy to pretend that we don't prosecute cops for using excessive force, that there isn't a, a legal means by which cops, that, for example, in the Minnesota case, you and I both know, just from looking at the video, that there is a, indeed a high likelihood that this officer will face, uh, there is at least a chance that the officer will face criminal charges in this. There will be an investigation. And if the state okay. doesn't do a satisfactory investigation, the federal government will take over and do its own investigation. Mm-hmm. The idea mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that uh, somehow the system is rigged against, you know, innocent victims of police violence is itself wrong. The world has changed, changed substantially in ways that Obama does not want to admit. That he, he is the first black president, as I say, from the beginning of his administration, has been itching for a race fight. 
because he's the first yeah, black president, yeah. he has to himself make progress on a racial issue, even if he has right. to manufacture that racial issue. Right. He started James- by complaining about that the cops, who, and, uh, that black professor, for example, shooting his right. mouth off on a local issue. He had no business shooting his mouth off on before we knew all the facts. Exactly. So let's not repeat exactly. the president's error and prejudge this case. Uh, right, I right, don't. I right. see some evidence, and that's the best I can say, of excessive force in the Minnesota case, but I still see no evidence of racism. Right, right, right. But the angle, the angle of the Reason article that I wanted to talk about a little was yeah. that because I think it has come out that this Castile guy was a legal concealed carry permit owner, right? Um, right. That right. If the, he was the, the, simply the, well, wait, exercising wait, wait, his second wait, wait, wait. amendment. So, so yeah. So that so the NRA maybe they shouldn't you know rush to judgment, right? But maybe right. the NRA should be more vocal in expressing an interest and a concern about yeah. this case. A concern. I, I would agree. That, I, yeah, I agree with that much. Right. Right. I think it's true that uh, if it is, if it turns out that what, the, what we're seeing is a man simply ha- was exercising his Second Amendment rights and that that was the basic reason why he was, you know, shot and killed. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the NRA right. should take a strong stand on that. But um, I'm not condemning the NRA yet. Uh, as I say, I think the rush to judgment uh, by so well, many okay. but problems James, usually James, in these cases. James, if, if you were the head of NRA, you could make a statement like there are facts that are out there that this, man was exercising his, you know, Second Amendment rights, and we are awaiting a full investigation to make sure that those, you know, rights weren't violated. Or, you know, right. We, I mean, do you know, like express, the, the NRA could express concern about the case without uh, necessarily making a strong you know what this point is, we, they can at least tell us that we will be following this case with yes. close interest mm-hmm. because it bears on the rights uh, of you know our Second Amendment rights, and right. that we will be following this case, and that when more of the facts are known, we will be, you know, uh, that what they could at least do is express the appropriate interest in this case. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, because they they do have an obvious at least interest in this case. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and and that and that that was the reason they were uh, that they were disappointed. Um, I've only got about five minutes to go, and since my voice is totally shot, I'm right. Uh, I'm I'm ready to kind of draw a line here, James. But um, okay. I I thank you so much for saving me both in terms of voice and, like I said earlier, in terms of content, particularly the knowledge that a prosecutor, a real attorney, can bring to um, you know the main theme of the show. You know the Hillary Clinton versus the rule of law. So uh, thank you so much, James, for saving me My today. My pleasure, anytime. And um, I look forward to definitely talking to you again in the future now that you are well and healthy and uh, I'm so happy for that. Okay. Yes, indeed. So do I. Thank you. We'll talk again. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. Take care. Um, Everybody else. I'm going to squeak out the ending. If you want to continue the discussion in text form, um, go to don'tletitgo.com. My voice is shot, right? Uh, And you can comment there. You can also follow me at the don't let it go on her page on Facebook Amy Peekoff on Twitter and also Amy Peekoff on Facebook. Sometimes there's some uh, fun stuff there as well. Um, So thank you for putting up with my voice and uh, I will talk to you guys next week, hopefully at full strength. Okay. Take care and uh, we'll see you next time.